This is where the industry insiders come to play. The download on the download, movers and shakers off the course, and the pros inside the ropes. Welcome to Slice with Brian Bushlack. And in this download, we're in the Seattle area, the retail capital of America, and some would argue the capital of the West Coast, home to Amazon and Costco, a few others you might have heard of, Boeing, Microsoft, Starbucks, Nordstrom, T-Mobile, you get it. As the story goes, when pioneers came out west on the Oregon Trail, the entrepreneurs took a hard right-hand turn at Oregon City and went north to Seattle, which was, at the time, a jumping-off point for the gold rush in the Yukon. It was also the place that many of those same entrepreneurs came home to, whether or not they struck it rich. The region was rich in natural resources. It still is today. You might ask, how and why did Boeing airplanes start in Seattle of all places? Well, timber. Lots of it. William Boeing was actually a timber baron first, and he used that money to turn his passion for flight into, well, what's become the largest airplane manufacturer in the world. They've always had big thinkers in Seattle. In fact, somebody had the crazy idea to bring a World's Fair to Seattle back in 1962. They built the Space Needle. The late billionaire co-founder of Microsoft, Paul Allen, once said that attending that World's Fair as a kid really spurred his curiosity in technology and eventually computers and software. Why am I offering this brief history lesson? Well, because this region has entrepreneurial spirit in its DNA, and that is definitely the case in apparel. In Seattle, the iconic Northwest brand Cutter & Buck is experiencing a resurgence thanks to a culture of innovation and the willingness to, let's say, politely embrace and not alienate older guys who love the Cutter and Buck jacket they've had for 20 years, while at the same time slowly, intentionally navigating the brand into a new era that's fresh, fun, and fashion-forward for men and women. The guy who's the captain of the Cutter and Buck ship is one of the youngest, coolest, nicest, energetic, but genuinely humble CEOs in America, Joel Free. In fact, after an event last year, I saw him picking up plates, and cleaning up the conference room. That's the kind of guy he is, very genuine. He was born for this role, literally dreamed of it since he was a kid. But get this, when he applied at Cutter & Buck right out of college, they told him no. <laughs> no thanks. Not once, but twice. A lot of guys would have packed up and been down the road. Joel, though, he stuck with it, applied a third time, and they finally gave him a chance. 20 years later, that young guy who wouldn't take no for an answer made his dream a reality and has led the transformation of Cutter and Buck. Yeah, I think I have the essay on my wall here in my office that when I was eight years old, 
I uh, wrote the essay that I wanted to run my own apparel company. Both my parents were in the business. When I was a kid, my mom was in accessories and my dad was in apparel. He was a retail store manager at a few different stops uh, along the way. We moved around the country chasing that business as I was growing up in the 80s and, and early 90s and then wound up out here in Seattle. So yeah, it's been close to my heart. It's been something I've wanted to do. I have oriented myself around it. And uh, gosh, I, <laughs> I'm kind of blessed to find myself in this position now. So you were drawing apparel and shoes. And I mean, you really were, I mean, this is obviously in your DNA, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Never on the design side. Okay. It was always about how to sell it, how to buy it, <laughs> how to market it. It was never about design. And so for me, it's always been about the business of it, about, about how we can build the business and build the brands in the business and keep that excitement and energy going. It's interesting because when people think fashion, I know a lot of times they think immediately New York City, right? And that's an obvious one. But Seattle, for whatever reason, over the past 30, 40, 50 years has been this epicenter for apparel, the Pacific Northwest in general, right? The West Coast. We've seen some great surf brands as well, but something about Seattle and what's going on here and Cutter and Buck is a big name in apparel. And here you are in Seattle and this great brand. How did how did that happen? Did you drop your application off and a little resume? I mean, how did you get started here in the first place? Yeah, when I got started here, I came out of the University of Washington, wanted to get going in my career, and uh, applied for three jobs. First, in inside sales and got turned down. Second, in customer service and got turned down. And then finally, I think somebody took a flyer on me to become their assistant in the tournament division. So I spent the first few years of my career assisting the tournament division, going around traveling to the professional golf events that we participate in. So we we're a supplier and a merchandiser for PGA of America, for the USGA. We do the Ryder Cups and all these exciting events. And so I got some really cool experience right on. Thankfully, somebody took a flyer on me and <laughs> gave me that third chance. And I still have that chip on my shoulder about customer service and inside sales. I'll get them someday. I'll, I'll get into those businesses someday. So talk about what that was like, because I mean, you grow up, you've got this dream and it's not like if it's going to happen, it's when it happens. So you get this opportunity. And when you were first starting here, be honest, you had your eye on the big chair, right? I mean, you from the very beginning, wanted to lead this company, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really did. And um, I wouldn't say that that's about ambition for me. It's about it's about taking ownership and holding myself accountable and, and participating in every way that I can. And I remember the first my first week on the job, I graduated on Saturday, started on Monday. I was at the U.S. Open on Wednesday, and I was put into the pro shop at Pinehurst and left to my own devices for about 15 hours for the whole time that that thing was open. That was really my first day on the job. What a quick education that I got in the business. <laughs> what did you learn? Well, I learned that you stand on your feet a lot. Like that's <laughs> part of the business. If you're going to be selling apparel or selling lots of things, you're going to be on your feet a lot. It takes dedication. It takes a commitment to really commitment to the vision of what you're after. And then I got into the excitement of it all. I mean, that was 99 US Open was Payne Stewart's last big major. It was a big event. And a lot of people that are probably listening to this remember that and have a little 
tear in their eye because that was a very emotional moment as Payne Stewart came up the fairway with Phil Mickelson and Phil Mickelson was about to become a father and it was Father's Day. And, and then the weight of that whole thing really expanded with what happened with Payne just a few months later. So really an incredible spirit, both of the company. You know, here we are working hard. You know, we got a lot of people sharing a very small condominium in, in Pinehurst, you know, working 15, 18 hour days, putting the blood, sweat and tears in. And that's a commitment that I don't think goes away. I mean, it just stays with you. I think consumers see the glamorous side of the industry, right? They see, hey, we're at the PGA Championship or we're at the US Open or big golf tournaments or you get to you get to know Annika Sorenstam, you know, I mean, you, you hang out with these people, but there is this incredible work ethic it takes, right, to be successful in this industry, right? Yeah, it's 24-7, 365 days a year. A lot of your business gets done on the weekends in the retailing businesses. I mean, that's a big one. So you're opting into a weekend lifestyle for sure. A lot of your production is done in overseas factories where those are open when you're closed. So it's a 24 hour a day thing. And then as we've been able to grow our brand, we have a global presence and you've got places that are open around the clock. If you're not open in Seattle, then you're open in New York. If you're not open in New York, you're open in London, you're open in Dubai, you're open in South Africa, you're open in Japan. Like You're open 24 hours a day. So I think it's a lot to be part of a global brand is that really becomes that really all the time cycle of business. It's never ending. So if you want to work a lot, it's an awesome business to be in because there's a never ending supply of things that you can be working on. With one of the great young CEOs in America, Joel Freet, Cutter and Buck joining us here on Slice. Let's talk about that career track for you. So this was 1999 at Pinehurst, and here we are 20 years later now. You are the CEO of this company. So you've been at one company, and you worked your way from entry level all the way to the top. When did you know, really in your heart, that this is going to happen? Because there had to be some moments where, you know, you're striving up that corporate ladder and you're, you know, you're working hard. When was it that you really knew, hey, I've got an opportunity to lead this company? Yeah, I think after the few years that I spent in the tournament in the tournament division out really selling, selling to consumers, selling to it, that passion just became such a commitment to me and just got so deep in me. And then you start to see things. We went through a few changes in the economic environment. I mean, that was changing a lot. And I just wanted to learn as much as I could about the business. So I took some parallel moves, some backwards moves, just get myself exposed to more and more parts of the company. And it all turned out right. You know, the more exposure you can get with a company. And then as I grew in my career, I discovered really this opportunity to really get into the part of the company that really makes the company tick. So, you know, other companies, we call it the flywheel. Amazon would call it the flywheel. You know, what is that thing that the company is really, really good at? And so I started circling that in my career and really getting myself closer and closer to that to see how I could help improve that flywheel for the company. And so as I did that, I, I just got more and more management opportunities. And I've loved being with one company. I mean, in 99, I mean, by 2005, I had had a couple of few jobs at Cutter and Buck and a lot of my friends in the area had had four or five jobs with different companies as it went. 10 years in, people told me that 10 years with a company was a long time for this day and age. Here I am almost 20 years in and it's a long time. But I'll tell you, at Cutter and Buck, the culture is so 
fantastic that I'm not alone with 20 years with the company. I mean, there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens of people here that have been here longer than me. Dozens. I mean, there is. It goes on and on. I I wouldn't be surprised if we had a hundred people of our you know nearly five hundred people that work here that have been working for us longer than me. You're a hard worker, and obviously that's the so-called secret to success. But I know you're also a learner. Every time I see you, you hand me a book or you've got some article to read. Talk about that process, that evolution for you and and your growth with this company, because I know you are a, you're a sponge. You are constantly taking in new information from outside sources, outside the industry. Talk about that process for you. It's a process of continuous improvement. I mean, we've established it as as a, one of our guiding visions for the company of continuous improvement. That's for yourself. That's for the company. That's for your family, whatever it is. And the way that I embody it is I read a lot. I didn't, I didn't go to a business school. I didn't go to an academic institution that prepared me to lead a large organization. I have degrees in political science, and that's not so applicable all the time. So I just took that as an opportunity for myself to say, I'm going to keep learning, keep reading, keep exploring everything that I can read, listen, participate in to learn as much as possible. I'm not the only person that would say it on an interview with you, Brian, that would say like continuous learning is the key to a lot of success in in your life, a lot of happiness and, uh, you know, just keep yourself growing all along the way. So now we book club at Cutter and Buck. We, we do it quite regularly. We've book clubbed uh, Thomas Friedman. We've book clubbed a lot of Jim Collins. We've book clubbed Arbinger Institute. So we learn about um, how our hearts and our, our minds can be connected with business through some learnings from Arbinger Institute. And then we adopt a, a growth mindset. Carol Dweck has written a very formative book, I think for business and for life called Mindset. And we book club that regularly. And it's more or less a required reading assignment for anybody who's going to be looking to advance in the company. And another book Joel recommended is Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. That's a great read on change. They also wrote the book Made to Stick. And one of the companies Cutter and Buck partners with, Short Par 4. I caught up with their CEO, Bobby DeMeo, recently. By the way, another great young CEO. Bobby and his team moving a ton of Cutter and Buck gear in their personally curated short par four boxes. We'll have Bobby on the show and a reminder, free shipping on your first box. Just plug in your email at shortpar4.com. He's number one in foot wedge accuracy and ball drop consistency. Brian Bushlack is back with Slice. And continuing our conversation with Cutter and Buck CEO Joel Freet, celebrating his 20th year at Cutter and Buck. He's worked his way from entry-level apparel retailer at the 1999 PGA Championship, fresh out of college, to the role of CEO of this iconic brand. And hey, let's be honest, it's a wonderful story, but it has not been easy. Let's talk about the brand Cutter and Buck. Now, a few years ago, Cutter and Buck, you'd think of Uncle Bob, who had the Cutter and Buck jacket that you remember when you were on the sailboat, and that's what you thought of with Cutter and Buck, right? Now, you, I know you know the founders of Cutter and Buck, right, to this day. Let's talk about the transformation of this brand because, I mean, you're a young and energetic CEO, very modest guy, very humble. What was it like? What has it been like to take this really legacy brand, well-known for quality, 
in a certain demographic and then move it gently forcefully sometimes right <laughs> into other markets right yeah it's a punctuated equilibrium uh yeah you you sort of turn the dial slowly and then you you got to just feel when the time is just right to turn the dial a long way with a with the legacy of of the company we have this incredible brand presence in the marketplace people know it I think you and I may have talked about it before where trust is such an important thing now and has been for a long time. I, I'm young in my career, so I understand that saying things that are now, somebody would tell me that, oh, 30 years ago, that was a big deal too, buddy, and 50 years and otherwise. But trust is so important and what, what trust looks like now is so much about authenticity. And so what we've done over the last few years with some really great brand management people here and some really great just people doing the hard work out in the field every single day is really just just be very, very authentic to the company. We are a Seattle-based sportswear company. That is very much true to us. We can never have that taken away from us. You know, you and I are sitting here on the on the shores of Elliott Bay right now. That influence of a vibrant city up against uh, really kind of wilderness here. You know, you're sandwiched between the ocean and the forest here in the mountains. That influence just really stays with us. And so that it comes into lots of things that we do. We're looking at versatility for our consumers. We're looking at where they want to go with their lives. And then in living in this vibrant city, you talked about a few minutes ago, you asked me about Seattle and we didn't get on that topic so much, but Seattle has this incredible pioneer spirit. There's no mystery as to why there's so many startup industries here from logging and mining and gold and, you know, the whole resource type, you know, fishing, huge startup business here and fishing a hundred years ago. But then obviously technology, that same sort of startup spirit, that pioneering spirit that caught, you know, that really caught fire in the in the 70s and 80s here in Seattle with apparel companies, close access to the overseas production markets and really you know, you got a port right here, one of the best ports in the world, able to, to get you products very, very quickly. And so it it's part of the pioneering spirit right here in the Pacific Northwest. So we work to embrace that in everything that we do. So every product that we touch now, every product that we design, the way we package our products, we're looking for that authentic experience that comes right from Cutter and Buck's big heart. Okay, so that's great, but don't mess with my jacket, right? You know, you've got that crowd out there that, that they've bought a certain product for a long time. And how do you transform or pivot a brand to younger consumers because we see cutter and buck now everywhere you've got a different business model we'll talk about that in a minute but you've got really cool cut on a shirt or great colors or it's it's a different cutter and buck than it was 10 years ago there's no doubt how did you transform the brand while not alienating your core customer well it comes back to authenticity I mean, really, and and it comes right back to what do we need to do authentically to help support our customers' lives? And when we really, when we ask ourselves that why question a few times, we wind up with modern products, and we wind up with things that want to move quickly from from work to weekend, from the golf course to the boardroom. You know, the boardroom actually comes out of my mouth a lot, and I I don't spend any time in boardrooms, so it's it's funny. But that really constant flow of people's lifestyles, it's the same. We were also, we also had that lifestyle 
in the 90s when our products were looking different and our brand was looking different. We also had that there as well. So really the journey of the last five years is really about about reclaiming that authenticity. And as opposed to, you know, there was many years through through some difficult financial times in the country. Some, you know, the, the two downturns, the golf market took a serious hit, you know, after 2001 and all that that happened. But, you know, we really, for many years as a company, we were started to be exploitative in the market. So we had a brand and we say, okay, we can take a brand into a new channel and we can be exploitative with it. And then over time, it became really part and parcel with that given channel. So it started to split up and splinter a little bit. I think a lot of people that were listening that are familiar with the company would would understand that and, and understand that when a company starts to splinter, it starts to mean several different things in different places. And now it's been more about just bringing it back to the core of the company. And from that core comes, I said it a moment ago, comes these modern looks, comes these these modern outerwear pieces. You and I are matching in our Barlow Pass jackets today, which was which is cute and kind of funny that we both did that. It must have been subliminal, but a piece that's super versatile for us. You know, we can do a lot of things with this sort of a, a, an insulated layer. It's got a pocket. You you roll it up into the pocket. You use it on the airplane because you and I and a lot of people listening here, I'm sure, are on airplanes a lot. And you got to have that one jacket that's going to go with you lots of places. So it's not that's not the most innovative thing in the world, but it's a thoughtful detail that we bring in that says, where's our customer's lifestyle taking them? So coming right back to the authentic, it's it's difficult. Like you said, it's there's some there's some um, I've described it as sometimes a bit of a fist fight that it happens. It's not really a fist fight, but it comes back in hand to hand combat with yourselves, with your business leaders, with your production sources to really bring it back into that very authentic center. And now we're seeing great success from that. Thanks for downloading Slice, Brian Bushlack with Cutter and Buck CEO Joel Freed. And you know you and your brand and your product is everywhere, okay, at the PGA Championships, at golf tournaments. We see it everywhere, but you don't have brick and mortar, right? Mm. Talk about the business model here. It's very different than many apparel companies, right? Yeah, our our business model is really a shared platform of core products looking to gain access through lots of different distribution channels. So we service these different channels from the same core of products, from the same core of services. We have a few different distribution centers now in North America, so we can more quickly service them. But we are very much a high-service mindsetted company. So beyond the brand of Cutter & Buck, our, our company, the company Cutter & Buck, which also markets and distributes three other brands, we really think about being that great supplier in each of our marketplaces. So if you're a collegiate bowl game and you're going on and you need some go-to great premium sportswear that's right on for the market right now, you can call Cutter and Buck. You can email us. You can go online. There's lots of ways to access us. And we can be providing you with you know just-in-time inventory right in time for your bowl game. And not too much. Leave that leave that margin in the pocket of the retailer and and not too little, so because we can do replenishment and that's a big part of our business is replenishment. So wherever our retailers are touching us, whoever's reselling for us, they can count on us for replenishment, and that's a big part. As you said, that's our model, and it, it is different than than the traditional pre book buy in advance deliver later model, where we're really looking for that replenishment business really everywhere that we touch our customers. Let's talk about the industry now. 
The only thing constant in any business is change, and we've seen a lot of that the last 10 years. Technology, our neighbors nearby, Amazon shaking things up in retail. What's changing right now in your world? I think the consumer mindset is changing everything. The need for products on demand is changing everything. You all remember the the just-in-time movement for your own inventory. Well, consumers want it just-in-time too, and now that's starting to influence everything. So we we have to think about our our buyers, those gatekeepers that we have in our with our retailers as consumers because they're, you know, they're driving home that night and they're logging into to Amazon and they're doing an Amazon Prime Now delivery for dinner and they're da 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 and that that expectation that creates the new the new expectation and so we're really respecting that. So whatever channel, whatever industry that we're touching and if you talk about the kind of the more global industry the consumer industry the consumer apparel industry that's one that's being heavily influenced by that on demand nature i'm quite convinced that uh, the future looks on demand you know obviously all of our entertainment has become on demand talk about what we're talking about right here this material that you're preparing right now is an on demand material same with all of our sportswear like it's going to be on demand we want to have it we want to be there right for when you go to reach for it you can get it from us so whether that's as a retailer and you need to replenish you need to refill you've got an opportunity you just had a great weekend you need more product you've got a big event coming up you need more product you, you know you just you want to be able to count on these people who can these companies who can really just keep delivering and delivering and delivering so i want to make sure i'm tracking with you on that so you know you go to a retailer website and you love that shirt in that color and you click on it, and then, oh, man, there's no XL, right? You're saying you've got to be in position in apparel to fulfill that regard. You can't be out of inventory, right? Right. You do not want to be out of inventory. So we're well positioned for that. And the way that we have a multi-channel strategy, we're well positioned to carry uh, a strong stock of inventory. And you know, if Brian goes on, he's got an, he's got a trip coming up, and he needs to get he needs to refill his cutter and buck wardrobe. He needs a couple jackets, a couple shirts, a pair of shorts. He's gonna do a few things in while he's on his trip. We want you to be able to find that. And so we keep a large stock centrally so that our retailers and resellers can can have that fulfilled. Certainly, we do a lot of fulfillment as well. So. A lot of direct fulfillment. So when, when you may go on to a, a shopping experience and shop from them, and then we do the delivery and fulfillment for that mm-hmm. web platform, for that web store, uh, what have you, so that they never have to be, they never have to show that they don't have an XL out. Now, every once in a while we do, but mm-hmm. in general, our goal is to keep the stock at a great stock level so lots and lots of people can count on us. Well, definitely a different business model and one that Cutter and Buck absolutely dominates. Last year, they introduced a program called New Available Now, which in apparel is or was unheard of. Instead of waiting four to six months maybe to get new stuff, it's available now. And you can visit CutterandBuck.com to see for yourself lots of cool stuff. And we'll share a coupon code with you in our next segment. What happens when a washed-up sportscaster and hack golfer gets his own podcast? Well, this is pretty much it. Welcome back to Slice with Brian Bushlack. I'm actually on CutterAndBuck.com right now. And guys, 
If you're tired of the same old stuff, or maybe you're just a blue and gray guy all the time, but you have trouble finding sizes, especially in shorts, you got to check out CutterAndBuck.com. Lots of colors and plenty of sizes in their Bainbridge flat front shorts. Plenty of 38s, I noticed, at least, for uh, the fellows who are husky. As my grandma once referred to me, not heavy, (laughs) husky. Anyway, since I have the CEO of Cutter and Buck, I figured, eh, might as well ask him about these shorts. I did not feed you that. I know I didn't, but I, when we launched that piece, I trained for and ran a half marathon in that Bainbridge short because I felt that fabric for the first time and said, this is a fantastic fabric. Now, this is a trouser. This is something, again, that you can wear to the office. You can take it on your vacation with you as your your main bottom. And here I am running maybe 50, 60 miles in this short to learn everything I can about it. And it performed great. And now we're launching another Bainbridge program. The the second generation is called the Bainbridge Sport, uh, which is our second generation of that Bainbridge program. And that's part of our new strategy to launch products very quickly. And that's something in in our back office now, kind of our secret sauce is to um, take the development time and really, really shorten it so that we can be right on with the market. So we feel... You know, we can see in the market that the Bainbridge is doing really great. Well, hey, that's an opportunity for our consumers. They love in the Bainbridge. Well, let's get them a next generation one. And let's not have it be 20, you know, 20 months from now. Let's have it be like right now. And so we're adjusting in our in our back office and our development processes to really come to market much, much faster. And I think that's going to be a, a key part of our success for the future. I don't want to throw out cliches, but it's a big year. Uh, every year is a big year. We are, we're always saying that at the beginning of the year. It's a big year. Uh, you've got the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, right? And that's, uh, you know, what, four years removed from a U.S. Open at Chambers Bay right here in Cutter and Buck's backyard. I would go so far to say that uh, Pebble Beach is right in your backyard as well. So it's a big event, and it's a showcase event. What are you doing to get ready for that? We've been getting ready for that for a long time. We've done um, the last three this will be the third u.s open at uh at pebble beach with cutter and buck and uh we're preparing we're working with our corporate sales team so if you want to get your 2019 u.s open pebble beach gear we're on board we're ready to help you know we talked about replenishment a few moments ago but we got this we got the stock we're prepared we've got um, everything going there we're working with their on-site merchandising team so pebble beach is running the merchandising program this year and they're utter professionals. It's such an unbelievable organization to work with at uh, at Pebble Beach, led by Kevin Kakalau and their team there is just such a great group of people to work with who really have their heads on straight about the business and, and want to make the most of it. And they're also humbled and honored to be hosting the 2019 U.S. Open. And, uh, and so we're here, we're meeting with them every, I don't know, we've met with them three or four times in the last six months to plan the merchandising program for the summer. And uh, we'll start producing for them in just the next couple of months to load in that merchandise program. So it'll be open 10 to 12 days in June. And uh, we expect it, honestly, to be our biggest U.S. Open ever. We're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't help but think in so many businesses, you've got a big event once a year, right? Hey, we're getting ready for this one big, our Super Bowl is this event. But in your world, it's literally every one of these majors, the ladies tour, right? I mean, and I know we're just talking golf here because that's kind of the 
slice of the show, but you know, that's that's just a very small slice of your world, right? I mean, so you are constantly gearing up for these big events, right? Yeah, we we are in constant flow for large events. Yeah, there's a Super Bowl for us every couple of months. And there's actually a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's not just a cliche. We also do the Super Bowl, but we're just really well positioned for it. We love it. I told you earlier today that I worked in that business in the event business for Cutter and Buck for my formative first few years at Cutter and Buck. And so we we really lean into it and we embrace it. And uh, we're excited about about doing that. We call it hot market because it's really hot. I guess it's, I guess I didn't we didn't make that up, but it's cuz it's really hot and then it's and then it's cold afterwards, but but it's a but it's a hot market. You know, you don't know who the winners are going to be. The playoffs are always very interesting for all the different sports that we service. So, but we're we're constantly geared up for it. And we have a distribution plant in Renton, Washington, that can output three million plus decorated units a year. So we've got the capacity for it. And we're one of the few people who can do that level of decoration and have it there just in time. And so I think a lot of these these retailers who are on site and the hot market retailers, people who are doing concessions there, they've just come to trust us over the years that we can deliver. Uh, we deliver on time. We deliver on quality. Uh, and we deliver at a, at a pretty darn good price still. After delivering on time and on quality, it's kind of hard to... A lot of times people say choose three, choose two of those, but uh, we don't make that distinction. So, but we're geared up. The PGA Championship moved to May this year. That's a really exciting thing. So we're gonna have the you know we're gonna have the Masters and then the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open is gonna and then the British. And it's gonna be fantastic. What a cool, exciting way for the sports fan to really get a feel for how golf is working because that lull that happened after the after the British or they call it the Open. To anybody listening in the UK, that was kind of a lull. That was kind of a lull in the business. A couple of years ago, we had the Olympics. That was really cool to have the Olympics in between. Uh, but now I really am excited about this new calendar. Let's talk about the calendar and seasons in this business. It's all about that. It's all about that next event. But let's look beyond that. You're a visionary in this business. You've transformed Cutter and Buck. What does this business, not only Cutter and Buck, but this industry look like? Dare I say in 10 years? Is that too far out? Five to 10 years? What does it look like? Oh, I think this is a vibrant business. There's a lot of cool things happening here. You've got new opportunities to play golf for the first time through an outlet like Topgolf. I mean, Topgolf is such an important part of the future and top golf and, and other and other accessible golf outlets like that i mean they're they're really a huge part about introducing people to the game getting them excited about it because you and i both know that feeling of hitting that one great shot you can have 99 stinkers and one great one and you're going to come back the next time for that one great one and the next time out you're going to have two or three of those and dot 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 that pretty much sums up my golf game Joel thank you yeah yes that's me too yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get my money's worth out there right Brian <laughs> who wants to shoot par you're not getting your money's worth but uh, but bringing people into the game is so critical. Uh, new ways to think about the game in different formats that are a little bit shorter. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for people that are that are you know we're we're moving more and more into urban environments and people are more time stressed in that. And so we got to have we got to think about how golf can be more and more accessible. I and mean, time is a big part of that. So there's a lot of ways to participate now where it's not going to take you know five six hours to to get complete. And I know in a lot of parts of the country people don't don't factor this in, but in a lot of places, traffic is a big deal too. So it's not a five hour 
round. It's really a seven or an eight hour round if you have to drive and sit in traffic to get to those places. So I'm really excited about just this changing mindset about accessibility, about people getting out there. I know more and more people who are getting interested in the social side of the game. I know more and more people who are getting interested in the family side of the game because it's a great way to spend time with your family. And uh, I think that's going to make it you know, really really vibrant. And uh, I'm excited about the future of the game. There's lots of young women getting into the game. FYI, <laughs> young women <laughs> are a very key demographic in the consumer environment. So if you have a lot of women getting into the game, they're the key part of the consumer demographic. They're the key part of, uh, now they're the much more key part of the decision-making in corporate America. And so it's, you know, I think it's going to lead to great things in the future for the business. And speaking of women's apparel, Cutter and Buck grabbing market share with a lineup that really hits the mark. And the big advantage they have, as Joel shared earlier in the show, is inventory. It's available and offered in a wide range of colors. So if you haven't checked out Cutter and Buck, I think now would be a really good time because Joel and his team are offering our listeners a 20% coupon site-wide. So fill up your cart, and when you get to checkout, just type in the code CBLIFE, C-B-L-I-F-E, and they'll take 20% off your entire order at CutterAndBuck.com. want to thank Joel for taking time out to share his story. Uh, the Cutter and Buck transformation, pretty amazing. And I am not a paid endorser, but I do love their stuff. Uh, wear lots of it. In fact, the Barlow Pass jacket, I've got that in two colors. Love it. Great fit. Grab and go. Great all-around jacket. Thanks for downloading Slice. Next up, we'll head to the desert Toscana Country Club in Indian Wells to go one-on-one with my favorite Harmon brother. Sorry, Butch. Billy Harmon shares his inspirational story, and it has very little to do with golf. How he overcame drug and alcohol addiction to find peace in life and share that with others. We'll share that with you. That download available on Friday, March 8th. Add us to your favorites, and we'll deliver the industry insiders for you right here on Slice. Thanks for downloading Slice, a presentation of Feedback Media. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Full disclosure, our legal department doesn't allow mulligans.